0: Sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the 6 a.m. Run Podcast. I am your host, Mark Payson. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. We have a good one for you. And I, I tell you what, um, I, I know that a lot of people know that some of the people I find are uh, through a, a podcasting service. and But a lot of the good ones I find are just organically, whether that comes from social media, whether it comes from a person on the street, where it comes from someone I work with. But this was an organic find. Today we have Antone Anton Wilson, A-N-T-O-N-E Wilson, who's going to be talking to us about Running, of course, he is a runner, and about hyperspeed health technologies. And I think you're going to want to listen to this. But before I let him introduce himself, as always, this show is brought to you by 6amrun and 6amrun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order and also new apparel dropping go take a look at it. Nice, sleek, black. I probably wouldn't wear it to run in the Georgia heat, but you never know. If it looks good enough, I will. So Antone, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself for our
1: audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you having me. Uh, my name is Anton Wilson. I am 30 years old. I am a tech entrepreneur. And I like to refer to myself as a burnout football coach. Was initially an athlete my entire life. Football player blew my knee out three times in college. Total ACL, tear, total ACL tears. And that allowed me to begin developing as a professional. Now, that happened to be a blessing in disguise. As a lot of my friends were preparing for camp, I was taking on internships, really working in every sector of health and fitness, from physical therapy clinics, to working at sports clubs, to becoming a licensed EMT, to then working with pro athletes. And I got a lot of experience before I even graduated college, and that was almost the genesis of my company prematurely. Um, was fortunate enough to actually have some eligibility after I finished my undergrad and go give football another go. Um, when I did that, I found myself at Concordia University, St. Paul, where I was going to be an MBA student. And my goal was to play a semester there and try to play in Canada. Uh, blew my knee up for the third time there and became a graduate assistant football coach um, at 23 Uh, coaching wide receivers and thought I was going to coach football full time as a career went back and forth for a while I said do I want to own a facility and do this training thing or do I want to be a football coach found a mentor of mine in the Minneapolis area that had a tech-based gym and really opened my world up however uh, he was doing so many unique things. And I found out that I just, I didn't think I could be like him. So I said, I want to go coach again. So it was this tug of war for about four to five years throughout my 20s. Um, fast forward to when the pandemic happened and I was a little bit out of a transition, decided I wasn't going to coach and I was going to start a company, but didn't know how I was going to do it. Found a company out of Norway, which was my introduction into technology. And it was distributing physical fitness programs, brought the product to the U.S., became good friends with the founder. And again, found myself selling to physical therapy clinics, college athletics, uh, pro sports teams and trying to figure out that product market fit. Um Realized that there were some limitations with the product, but that's when a light bulb went off and figured out how can I marry health data from wearables with a machine called the InBody that allows us to do body composition analysis with some assessments that I designed that allow me to understand an individual and through Marrying those three things together, that was the birth of hyperspeed health technologies. So in a nutshell, I'd like to say I'm a guy that was very intellectually curious that, you know, turned my trials and tribulations to a uh, journey of trying to solve problems, which is really at the heart and soul of what why hyperspeed exists. And I believe I embody that.
0: And I, it's very cliche to say when one door closes another opens, but you are the embodiment of that. And I think that's amazing. And, um, we definitely want to hear about all that. We definitely hear about the running, all that stuff. But I I tell you what, like, I love having these conversations because it tells you where sports health fitness is going, because I, I was about to say 30 years ago, but even 10 years ago, we weren't looking into the composition of athletes. We weren't really looking into what, even the macro and micronutrients that a a specific individual needs to work at their best. It was kind of just a cookie cutter, especially when I played. So I'm older than you, um, and I played soccer in, in college 20 years ago. And there was no, you know, any kind of, analysis of, of what Mark's body needs versus what this person needs or, or how you're expending energy versus how this people are expending. It. We just figured out that, hey, you go do squats, you go do squats, you go do running, you go do run- <laughs> like you get it done. But is this, and you know, in, in, in the uh, profession that you work in or, or the, the, the arena that you're in, this is where fitness and sports is going. We want data immediately to help these athletes succeed. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Um, and I would actually say a lot of the technology is there. It actually hasn't been universally adopted yet. And that's unfortunate. There most certainly is a need. And especially when athletes, even runners, you're training so frequently. It's like I need to know all the details because if there's something off and I don't address it now, I'm going to run three or four days. And I'm going to get an injury or I'm going to be. Um, in a little bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, nutrient deficient, and it's going to limit my ability to continue to do this. And so what good is it if I can't sustain it? And so, you know, knowing where your body's at, knowing what your demands are, um, that's at the core of being able to even participate, never mind perform at a high level. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you and I know that, you know, runners never run through in, in, injuries. We never run. Th- we never just keep going thinking it'll go away. That just, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so that is tongue in cheek, everybody. It's tongue in cheek. So I, I know I've done that. So, um, back up a little bit. So, I you know, I have a twin brother and I know all about knee injuries. He had the knee injuries and he had, I think he's had five knee surgeries. He had full reconstruction. I think his ACL, um, is now the, the actual, um, cadaver that he had put in is actually just disintegrated and he needs, you know, knee replacement or a new ACL, all that good stuff. We, I mean, we're talking about surgery 25 years ago, so we don't even know what, (laughs) what they put in his body, but talk to us about those knee injuries, like how, um, and, and the reason I'm asking you is not to make you relive bad moments, but, but I'm sure unless it's beyond, we see people like Adrian Peterson, you know, ripping ACL and he's running full speed in six months, you know, years ago, 15 years ago, like that was, you know, 12 months, 18 months, you'd be gone. We see guys with uh, ruptured Achilles coming back in less than a year, less than nine months. Um, when you had your injuries, what was that recovery like for you at that time?
1: Yeah. Well, fortunately enough, I had a trainer when I was 14, and so I was no stranger to high-performance training. Um, I was barely 5'7", and so I had to gain a lot of weight. And so I was, you know, 6% body fat. I, I had, you know, all the attributes. I was just undersized. So I think that my body and my, my, uh, my musculoskeletal system, I don't think it was really positioned to handle all this excess weight. And I wish that I didn't lift so hard. So I think that I was almost too explosive for my own good. Almost like when you look at like the Derrick Roses of the world that just kept getting hurt. Um, I think that was the reason why I had the first one. I just made a really powerful cut. And it was just like a bad snap. You can hear it. Um, now, the, the recovery, I was fortunate enough that I tore it in an April. So I missed the following football season, but I had a full calendar year and then some. So I took my time with it. And then the second one was just a contact injury. It was just a freak accident, which was unfortunate. Um, but through that time I took my time with it cause you hear all these cases of guys coming back early, but I felt good. and was cleared at about eight or nine months, but the real science experience experiment for me, excuse me, was after the second one, um, I was actually working at a gym with NFL players and had physical therapists on staff. And I got all the treatment in the world. And I was actually more explosive and a better athlete at 23 following the second one than I was the first one because I paid such attention to detail. Um, however, the one thing that came with that rehabilitation process, for one, it obviously introduces you to yourself because you've got to learn how to walk again. you got to be patient. But um, the demand for recovery It was like if i trained really really hard three days and my hamstrings got exhausted i needed to really take about 20 minutes to warm up and stretch and foam roll and that was really tedious and i think that's what led to the third one was that i had some muscles that were just shutting down and when they weren't firing it was easy to compensate and so when the third one happened i was running a route and i just made a little move and I just collapsed and in, in retrospect, I was actually kind of relieved because I said I wanted to try football again. Did it work? OK, I can move on to the next chapter. And after that, it allowed me to just appreciate the ability to walk. And that's what led to me running and also playing basketball. So it's just like, hey, being on two feet is a gift. Football's over. What can I do to make the most of my athletic ability? Because I'm still 24 and the doctors are telling me I need a knee replacement. I'm going to need one by 35 and I'm, I'm on a journey to prove him wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't, I, I, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, I, I, I do understand that thought process of like maybe like this was a blessing in disguise. And and maybe it is because now you're on to to bigger and better things. But your your running journey, was that just something were you always into just that keeping in shape running? Or was that something you said, I'm gonna make a conscious decision, I'm gonna run with intent, I have these these plans, or is just something that you've done for fitness?
1: Funny, that. Funny actually, every football team that I ever was on, I was the most conditioned guy on the team. And that was always a way to make a name for myself by being able to beat guys in sprints and be able to win the conditioning test. So I loved training from like a running standpoint. Um, I was actually going to join the military before I went back to grad school. And I was rejected because of my knee surgeries. It's funny now because they'll take anybody, but back then the numbers were high, so they wouldn't take me. I scored 300 and had a degree, it blew my mind. But I was running and training for my two mile. And I really love the challenge of going me versus me. And I love setting PRs. That was like, I was driven by that because I played team sports my whole life. about when I got to like 25, 26, it became an outlet of just pushing myself. Um, and in like the last actually about year and a half, now it's gotten serious mm-hmm. to where I'm trying to hit two to three miles. I'm always trying to PR. Recently did my first 10K and now yeah. I'm running about five, six times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I feel so strong with my legs, I don't really like lifting weights as much anymore. Running basically drives my life. It actually dictates my mood and it's always, what's my PR. And it's also a reflection for me of like, how's my body? How's my mind? Because when I feel better, I run better Mm times. So like, I love the ability to quantify performance, which is what my tech does. And it allows me to see where I'm at. So yeah, running's everything to me.
0: And I think only maybe maybe golfers do but only like runners really know that me versus me mentality like that I know when when you said that I knew exactly what you're talking about because uh, uh unlike you um I was not always the the most conditioned person on my my teams um I hope none of my my teammates are listening to this and want to say anything to me but um I know everybody sees the hardworking mark pays on now but Believe me, when I was a teenager, if there was a way to get out, run, sprinting at the end of practices, um, this is why I was a goalkeeper. I, I didn't play in the field. I was a goalkeeper. So, um, and I, was like, I was always like, why do we have to run as much as everybody else? That doesn't make any sense. But I digress. No, not, about me. not about me. So we've kind of gone through um, um, a, a, a little bit about your past with sports about how you're doing with running um just everybody knows you are now located in boston but you just relocated from vegas and and you've been doing some work on hyperspeed so tell us about the genesis of this what you want to get out why why did you start this company and what does it
1: do absolutely um The company that I worked with in Norway, we were distributing physical fitness programs and it was giving the coach the ability to interact with their their clients um, and message them and be able to see when they completed a workout, but it wasn't able to really hold them accountable. And I recognized as a coach, whether it be on the field or in like the gym, that someone may work with you for an hour or two, but there's all these other subcomponents components that go into training that ultimately lead to results. And I feel powerless because you're only with me for one to two hours and you got 22 other hours in the day. What are you gonna do? So I wanted to have as much control over helping people reach their goals as possible. And I wanted to be able to quantify that. So if we're not using data, which is very similar to the medical space and being able to see this is where you're at. And this was the protocol, this is what was prescribed did we get the outcome or not and if not why and if we did that per- that per protocol works. Let's continue to do that and enhance on that with progressions. That was what the name of the game was all about for me. So in taking and looking at anytime someone goes to a medical office or goes goes to a gym, it's like, how can I digitize this process or make it easier for the health provider? And so I created an assessment that really weighed out what's your medical background? What's your family's history of disease and illness? What impact is work having on your life? Really based line questions which is the foundation it's our risk assessment and this is a system and as a football coach I love systems so I wanted to create I wanted to systematize the aspect of anyone's health journey and also the onboarding processes of a gym so really starting from scratch starts with the health risk assessment Uh, Number two, being a body composition analysis, which the in-body was my first introduction to utilizing data in a brick-and-mortar gym at a gym I was running in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. And it was a little bit of an older population. They were... Very educated, very data centric. They love seeing where am I at? And looking at a couple of metrics, being able to be like, hey, your visceral fat levels are higher. You have a high level of inflammation or your left leg is stronger than your right leg. Any history of injuries and taking the data that's gathered from the in body and it comes with the score that also tells you. Um, how healthy you are relative to your age and gender. So taking that in-body data with the risk assessment data, and for those who aren't familiar with the in-body, it's a medical-grade scale. It's utilized in the military as well. Some pro sports teams use it, and you just step on it, and it'll give you a full reading of your muscle fat analysis, how much of your body weight is made up of water, how much visceral fat you have, which is the fat in in your gut, and so we can quantify all those things and it gives you a printout and then wearables and over a billion people worldwide own a wearable and right now we're hearing this big run on telemedicine and okay well we have this health data and what what are we going to do with it but i've recognized that a lot of people even myself i've had an aura ring and it doesn't mean i'm going to sleep any better a lot of people have wearables and it doesn't really impact their life and i don't like the fact that like companies like whoop want to say have a coach in your pocket and so what i wanted to do was i wanted to say the average consumer who doesn't know health let's make these metrics easier for them to understand let's take the coach's expertise and taking these data sources and creating equations to figure out is this a healthy individual and then Let's make it easy to understand for the user while also aiding the coach in validating the outcome. So we take those three data sources, we give them what we call our health performance rating. And we, and so it allows the user to gamify, okay, what's my rating at? And it's that rating is varying based on what their goal is and what metrics their wearable is computing. And beyond all of this, we take the data and we have, Uh, integrated with uh, ChatGPT and we actually cross-reference the data with each other. So the more data we get, the more our machine learns and it computes. These are the positives about your health, where you stand relative to your age and gender and your goal. These are health risk factors that you should be concerned about. And based on these two things, you should do this, this, and this right now to improve these metrics that are actionable steps. And so you get ongoing metrics, from these three data sources, a report of where you're at and your coach or whoever, whatever health professional you're seeing can utilize this data to guide you. And you can also see what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And so it's a system. So I would say that defines it in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. And and I, I'm i glad you brought it because that's, you know, I, I I don't own one. I do have a wearable. I have a, 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 a Samsung um uh, watch that i just use you know track you know steps heart rate all that good stuff um but at no point do, have i ever <laughs> like looked at this thing and be like oh i need to get better sleep or i need to drink more water." like it's it, it's not a coach; it's a watch it's not a coach so <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. um but I, I do appreciate the fact that you're what it sounds like and you can definitely correct me if i'm wrong was you're you're trying to connect multiple worlds here where we have worlds where Yes. The wearable technology is great. It's wonderful. It helps me, um, you know, track some fitness stuff. It helps. I mean, it helps me connect to my phone, which everybody's connected to their phone now um, and multiple other things. Like, would I ever say that I got into better shape because of the watch on my arm? No, that, thats that's not the case. But there is very good data that is going into this. That I know personally, I'm probably not using to the full capability of what I could be using. And then there is the part that we want to make sure there's, of course, the human element to it. We want to make sure there's human element because um, the run-of-the-mill cookie cutter, come in for a, a zone whatever class and, and let's do this, this, and this, and... And half the class is is getting stronger. Half the class is losing weight. And then like a third of everyone is kind of staying the same because there's other things that's involved. So what you're trying to do basically, and and I kind of want you to, to, to kind of expand on this is, is you're trying to make it, you're not only trying to make this easier for the person to get unique results and, and unique assistance but you're also trying to put it in layman's terms too. So people can understand what that, what, what you're doing. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. And I said, a, you know, a lot there and I wanted to break down, you know, how this came about and why each segment matters. But Let's make it real simple here. You walk into your gym, you scan the QR code, you take an assessment, it takes three to five minutes tops. From there you step on the in body. Both of those data sources are going directly into the app. And then from there it says integrate my wearable, Say, what, what device do you have? Click, your wearable comes in. Right now, uh, with where we're at, it's going to take about 12 hours or so to get the report and all the data sources to come in. In about six months, it's going to come in in seconds. Um, that's why we're, you know, we're going to help professionals immediately um, and like working with them directly and gathering our feedback. Um, we do have a key product, but it's not for the masses yet. It's really to help coaches, help their clients get results. But the dashboards that we are, pre- we are presenting right now to the user is like, this is my basal metabolic rate. I want to gain weight. This is how many calories you should consume. It's like I have a medical back. I have a family history of cancer. I have some high visceral fat levels. I'm a little bit on the um, higher side of body fat percentage. Not only do I probably want to train three to four times a week, and I do have a gym membership. This is the kind of training I want to be doing. And so it just really puts in a perspective. This is where you're at. This is what you need to do. It, like you said, in layman's terms. So if like you have a high resting heart rate, it's going to say. This is what you should do to bring down that resting heart rate. And I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not saying it's a is saying it, but we're not going to say, you know, lift really heavy. It's just going to say, try going on a walk four times a week. So it's like, these are actionable items that I can take right now. And I think that's what everybody needs. Everyone wants to try to bite off more than they can chew. And, you know, all these guarantees. And it's like, let's just take steps. And if we can take steps, we're going to develop habits and habits get results.
0: I I like that a lot because I think a lot of people, when they make that decision to go on that fitness journey, and it might be someone who's overweight that wants to lose weight. It might be someone who, not that they're overweight, they just want to become more active. Whatever the reason is, I think a lot of us, and I I fit this years ago, are going to run to that gym so quick. I'm just going to get a gym membership, and I'm going to go in there a couple times a week, and I'm going to do some bench and then do some curls and... Get in the sauna, and I'll be good to go. And that's the person who really inside is saying, "I don't know what the hell I'm doing," but outside they're like, "Yep, I'm good. I'm. All. I mean, that I, I'm speaking from experience, everybody. I'm speaking from experience. So that person, and because I, I, I understand how this can help the individual who is trying to better themselves, who's already in shape, who wants that extra edge. I understand how this can help them. How does this help the person that's literally starting that fitness journey that doesn't want to say out loud, I don't know what I'm doing?
1: I think first things first, you got to recognize where you're at. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. And so with an assessment, it's going of, you know, immediately tell us we broke that down into four categories. Total well-being, physical fitness, Work-life balance and health risk factors. That assessment before we even do anything else, we're just going to say, okay, this is the uh, the landscape of my health. These are some good things and some bad things. Also, a lot of more often than not, the impact work has on people with overworking, stress that can play a key role. So we can immediately identify that um but also again see where your body's at and it's funny we run free health screenings we've done this all throughout las vegas and southern california at ymcas and a lot of people it's free and they're like i don't want to know well it's going to be difficult to do anything if you don't know so it, you know just it's just a screening it's a baseline um seeing where you're at and i think that's the most important thing is you know forget even getting a gym membership or anything. Just where am I at? Just an in-depth analysis of where my body is at. Um, So that's what we try to do is just like give you an overview before we even tell you what to do and the health risk factors, which we break down um, not just on the assessment, but in conjunction with the body comp reading is like, you have a family history of this. This is where your health is at. Like, you could be pre-diabetic quickly, or you're a smoker, you're at risk of heart disease. And so people don't tend to take action until they have to. And when you start looking at, okay, like I'm not gonna be here much longer. I have a family, like I need to start taking this serious. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes a little bit of fear to get people to take action. Um, and And I always say to people, would you rather find out now or one day something starts working and now you don't have the choice?
0: Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. And I can say anybody who's listening to this right now and, and is that person it's like, I just, I'd rather not know. It's, you know, it's once you know, there is, first of all, let's be honest, there may not be nothing. There may not be anything that's incredibly wrong with you. You know, let's, let's be honest. Like most of the time it's going to be that way. But once you find out that whatever you're going through, whatever you have is either curable or can be reversed, like there is a huge weight off your shoulders. There's a huge weight off your shoulders. And if you can get that for free, let's be honest. If you can get that for free, what's the harm? Like, what is the harm in doing it? And, and I think, uh, Antone is, is, is offering that to people. So this is all pretty much, it's, it's, it's fairly new. What is, and you said already one thing that the assessment is going to go from 12 hours down to seconds. Like what does the next year, five years, 10 years, and if it's a per, in a perfect world, what does this look like for you and for hyperspeed?
1: Yeah. Um, It's funny because, you know, I've been in development really for about two years uh, conducting research. I ran an experiment at a military camp last summer. I've ran the system with some employee groups and I've conducted about conducted studies on 30 subjects. Now we have about 400 users in the system through running these free health screenings. and we're going to continue to run these health screenings. And we've been focusing on an older population of aging and longevity, because the more data that we get, the more we can understand that understand that population to help health professionals help those groups of people. Right now, we're trying to bring our product to the market. We, we've existed now in operating, I guess you could say, for about a month and a half. And we would like to have roughly 10,000 users in our system before Q4. And we just closed our first gym last week. Now I've been in the Boston area today. I have a couple meetings at the top of next week, and so we're just trying to get you know our early adopters right now, who are getting their clients on the system, and these they're uh, they're generating scores, and our system is continuing to learn. So right now, if a, if a facility has an in body, then they're a great fit for us, um, and, and if you just have a wearable. You can get some value out of us with reports, even without an in-body. Uh, we have, I built this without raising any money. We bootstrapped it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the really the next step is raising some money. Um, number two is getting broader adoption to the point where we're in one market almost exclusively to where couple facilities that have in bodies are getting all their users into the system so we can have almost like a regional area to where you can then go to a hospital and really team up with like medical professionals to where this is an extension of medical records with the data and it makes it really easy regionally to for health professionals to share patients and that medical, those medical records follow them through their wearable data and where their body composition is at. And if they can go get these checkups frequently and know where their health is at and the doctor can see it from afar, monitoring them remotely, it's going to reduce the demand for people to need to go to the doctors. And it really becomes almost like a supplement uh, to a healthcare system. And so our goal is to really you know, make this almost like an operating system Where we sell an entire software that um, has all the records and all the, uh, like whether it be MRIs and things of that nature, all HIPAA compliant in one system. And so once you have this score, every single health professional, including your insurance company, would see this. And then it becomes embedded in. Where you're at, and it also ultimately would impact how much you pay for your health insurance every month because the healthier you are, the less likely you are to need to go to the doctor, and then you're gonna pay substantially less. Now, you know, this sounds really good in theory. Um, and so like I, I believe that this could be universally adopted and really um can enhance the quality of healthcare. But the issue right now is gonna be getting adopters and getting people to see the initial value and getting a region to really take this in. And I believe, you know, once we get four to five facilities in one, you know, private practice uh of like a physician working, then I believe it'll, you know, streamline fairly quickly. Um So it's really just about being relentless and, you know, continuing to add value. But at the bare minimum right now, we're going to continue to do is offer health screenings. Um, And a lot of them are going to be for free and we'll prove the value and get people results and then expand on it from there. We'd like to get into the athlete market and look at, you know, uh, rehabilitation and some process because we have the data to prove it and, you know, collaborate with other big tech companies and marry data sets to understand the individual and understand the scope of problems more. But really right now, as we continue to generate revenue, uh, wherever we get the most traction, you, know, you can't be everything to everyone. And so we want to solve one problem for one group of people, and then we'll let the rest take care of itself.
0: I, I love it. That sounds... I tell you what... Um... the the one I can, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if this is going to be on video people, but the, the, the level of, of drive and just enthusiasm when you're explaining this is just incredible. And then how educated, um, and how much that you've looked into this and I I can, I can tell this is something that's burning in you and you want to give it to the masses, but at the same time, you know, that you want to do this, right. Like you know, you want to do this right, <laughs> and you and you want people to feel the entire, just encompass this entire thing. And in in, in uh, I, I love that, and I, I wish you nothing but success. There is a question that I'm sure you've already had to answer, and I think it's a great time to to, to ask it. Of course, people nowadays are all concerned about. You know, PII and they're all concerned about their um, privacy and, and what are you selling my data? Are you selling? Are you doing it like that? When working with you, do people have to worry about that privacy? What steps have you taken to actually uh, answer that question for your, your customers that you will have in the future?
1: Absolutely. All the data is anonymized for one. So we just go to phone number. We don't have like the phone number is the user ID. We don't have anybody's um, actual name. We're not tying that to any name. So it's always about gathering the research and just letting the metrics speak. And so we don't that goes, has nothing to do with that actual person. And that data would only be shared with their health provider Uh, whoever the professional ones and they would have to grant them the access to that and so once they were to whether they get out of the system the data would be gone or they we actually as this gets more proprietary because we just have this in a database right now and then we decide on the channel we want to distribute based on the service provider that we're working with but the goal is for the owner for the user to own their data and then they decide who they want to share with our next phase is It's going to be hipaa compliant built inside of it and so they decide who who they share it with and it's their ownership and we're just the placeholder of storing it so beyond capturing this data we're teaching people the value of the data and why it's important for them to gather it and then share it as they will so that's the most important thing at the end of the day is data privacy and you know i would I would almost exclusively sell this to government to get universal adoption so that I can assure that this is done the right way as opposed to like this, you know, this rat race like the Facebooks and the Googles of the world of data, 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 data. It's all about empowering the individual because I I believe businesses exist to solve problems. And I wouldn't have created this company if I didn't believe, you know, equal access to healthcare was, you know, the greatest issue. And I also think that now that data and technology is becoming you know democratized um. We need companies that almost grow with the masses where like the user can, you know, plant that little seed of the data. Now it gets stronger, 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 and stronger. And as they get more medical records, that's just going to empower them and ultimately impact what they have access to and potentially the cost of care and incentivize them to stay healthy. So, you know, fairly long winded, but, you know, I'm all about um, the empowerment of the individual. And so privacy is of the utmost importance. And I want to maintain um, that transparency as we continue to evolve.
0: And I, businesses were created to solve problems. I, I really wish a lot more businesses thought that way. But I am with you a thousand percent. So, Anton, this has been amazing. How do people one learn about your product, and how do they learn more about you and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, for one, the, I'm really active on LinkedIn uh anton g wilson you can find me on there on uh, instagram Antone g wilson also hyperspeed.health.technologies um, and then our website www.hyperspeed-usa.com um, those are the you know some of the main platforms to find us and you know i'm going to be here in the boston area for quite some time and i'm actually going to be podcasting Um, I had a podcast called Win Daily. Uh, It's evolved. It's going to be transformed to the performance pulse. Uh, And we're going to get really active with the social media. Right now, I'm really in the market and really trying to learn about, you know, what the people want. But, yeah, we're going to get really active, do more podcasts like this towards the end of the year. So, again, Anton G. Wilson. And I'm all over the web looking to uh, build my digital footprint as well.
0: I I love that. And I got to ask you this, since you've moved back to Boston, did you ever become any of the Vegas team fans or are you a Boston guy through and through?
1: Actually, not at all. So (laughs) uh, I'm not a Boston fan at all. I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a diehard Lakers fan. You know, fan. you know, you're in
0: Boston. Um, uh, you know, you I, know,
1: you're in Boston, right? I mean,
0: did you say that out loud? Could people hear you uh, right now?
1: <laughs> it just, it just is what it is. Um, I do have the utmost respect for the Patriots and mm-hmm. their well-run organization because as a football coach, I never claimed a football team, mm-hmm. uh, and I like the Yankees because I like organizational brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I never did. But I, but I lived in Tampa Bay. When Tampa Bay was winning all those championships and all those sports, I thought that was really cool. And now Las Vegas, I was fortunate enough to see, like, their WNBA team is phenomenal. The Golden Knights just won the – just won the stanley cup mm-hmm. i think they're on the verge of getting an nba team and so mm-hmm. growing up in boston i saw sports fuel the city and it's pretty cool to see vegas turning into a sports city i really enjoyed witnessing
0: that yeah it's it's so funny that we're just seeing it now with looks like it looks like the oakland a's are going to be moving their baseball yeah. to to vegas and if there ever was a city that had enough money to build any complex they want to build, it is it is definitely that city. So, Anton, I appreciate it. Again, that is A-N-T-O-N-E, Wilson, Anton G. Wilson, and then hyperspeed-usa.com. I will have links to it in the show. Thank you so much for joining the show today. I wish you nothing but success in your future, and please keep us updated on how things are going. You have a great rest of your day, okay?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time.
0: Thank you as always for listening to the 6am run podcast. Again, I'm your host, Mark Paisant. Please like, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AMRUN to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.